As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The best Chicago-style pizza. Where's the cheese? It's under the sauce. There's no cheese on it. It's under the sauce. Like, I'm Italian and this is hurting me. It's from Chicago. But it's just sauce. The cheese is under the sauce. That's not enough cheese. The cheese is under the sauce. It's not enough. It's under the sauce. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Tuesday, November twenty third. I'm J.E. Skeets, and alongside me, as always, got Tass Mellis. Let's give it up for our Dancing with the Stars champion, Eman Schumpen. Yes. Well done, sir. Amazing work. I couldn't believe it was season 30 of Dancing with the Stars. What? I didn't know it was that high. Uh, We got our Top Shot Hot Boy, Rib Them Lips, Trey Kirby. Hey-o. Hey-o. The international man of mystery taking it to the other side of the pond still, Lee Ellis. Friends. And last, certainly not least, making the magic happen, super producer JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Take a second. Subscribe to No Dunks. Like the video. Comment away. Share the show. Appreciate it. Uh, In honor of Black Friday and Cyber Monday, you can get all of The Athletic's great writing and ad-free podcasts like this one for just $1 a month for 12 months. Yeah, you heard me. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks before midnight on Monday the 29th, okay? So you almost have a week here to lock in a very solid price. A dollar a month for new subscribers. That's too good of a price. I know, I know. Sort of scary when you you say it that way. So uh, go grab that at theathletic.com slash no dunks so they know that we sent you. Okay, we're going to get to the games last night. We got Tales from the Fortress Lee. We missed Mm. you. The boys were down there. We'll talk a little Hawks Thunder. Um, Trey, you have a very fun list for us. Could be quite lengthy, actually. Uh, we sort of we were like brainstorming the idea on last week's show about this Daryl Morey list, these thirty players that they would maybe trade Ben Simmons for. You said, "Well, he's not going to release it, so I'll just do my own." Is that what you're doing for us? Yeah, I'm going to drop the list I mentioned on Friday's show. I had thirty nine players, but like you said, Daryl Morey. 
There's only 30 players, allegedly. So I went and I tinkered. I took some names off. I looked at the rosters again, and somehow I ended up with 39 names again. It's like oh, mostly the same names, but there's 39 every single time. It's the perfect That's like number, the, I suppose. the top 75. They were supposed to take a few <laughs> off, but they ended up with more. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay, so that's later in the show. Yesterday, though, we'll start with this. The league announced that LeBron James was suspended one game for recklessly hitting using their words there, uh, Pistons setter Isaiah Stewart in the face during their altercation in Sunday's game. Beef Stew himself, he got suspended two games. Tassie, you did call this. You thought he would get a little bit more than LeBron for escalating an on-court altercation by repeatedly and aggressively pursuing Bron. <laughs> um, so I don't think we need to spend a lot of time on this, Lily, but did you think the league got it right? One game for LeBron, two games for Isaiah Stewart. I did, and I think Isaiah Stewart wouldn't have got any games if he just kind of, you know, was uh, allowed people to hold him back. But the fact that he just kept on breaking tackles and was determined to continue with the, the, the fight, the skirmish, whatever you want to call it there, uh, that's really what cost him two games because it looked like he was completely out of control. Things happen in any game. We've seen other players get hit. I mean, you can go back to the Jokic incident. That was a spur of the moment, heat of the moment thing. Jokic regretted it and he got punished for it, which is fine. Stewart had time to calm down and he just didn't. And then he tried to go through the back way as well to get to LeBron. So I think the NBA had to send a message at him to say, you can't keep doing that. You, you know, you, you, we understand that you were upset. You had blood dripping down your face. We give LeBron James a game. He was getting a game no matter what. But the fact that Stewart was just so determined to drag this out as long as he possibly could cost him the extra game. So I think the league got it right. One for LeBron and two for Isaiah Stewart. Trey, do you agree with that? Yeah, I think this is right. Um, I think I called Isaiah Stewart the exacerbator yesterday. <laughs> Escalator <laughs> yes. is the word that I was looking for, and he definitely was. Because like Lee is saying, perhaps he doesn't even get a single game uh, if he just gets knocked in the face by LeBron and is covered in blood. And, you know, he lets the trainers attend to him and his teammates kind of get in the middle of him and actually hold him back. But that man did not want to be held back. He kept going at LeBron, so he gets a couple of games as for LeBron. Clearly, he deserved a game for this. I mean, that was just a reckless play. Uh, something that a lot of people have done playing basketball. Stop pushing me in the back. I'll get out of here. But unfortunately, made contact with the face, and it was a closed fist, and blood opened up. So that's got to be a suspension, even if it is coming against the Knicks in Madison Square Garden. So right call all the way around, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, the real question, Tass, is if Isaiah Stewart doesn't freak out and want to get at LeBron, does LeBron even get a game suspension, you know? He gets tossed, but does he even get slapped with a game? Or is he playing in Madison Square Garden tonight? I mean, who knows, really? But uh, I sort of think maybe that would be the case. But what what are your uh, takeaways from this? Yeah, totally. The scene went viral. Whether it was an exacerbation or an escalation, I think it was both, Trey. You can call it both. (laughs) The fact that it got to casual fans. Like, my father-in-law texted me and said, is this the NBA or the WWE? (laughs) And if Isaiah Stewart doesn't get involved like that, then it's not getting to casual fans. It isn't a viral moment. It isn't this whole big incident. So yes, if if Isaiah Stewart just took it on the chin, took it in the eye and did nothing, LeBron, yeah, gets tossed. And then it is a question, it's a question of whether or not he gets a game. I don't think he gets one, Skeets. I think you're right. uh, Because it was just became this whole situation that we can't have that. But they did start it right by giving LeBron a game. They had to do that, and, and at least they did that in, yeah. in this instance. Yeah. Uh, fun question before we move on from Mark J. He sent this in by way of Twitter. I feel like we need an official no-dunks rating of the different levels of an NBA fight. 
he says, I think we got four levels. A dust up, a brouhaha, a fracas, <laughs> and a melee. In my opinion, the LeBron Stewart situation was either a high tier dust up or a, or a low tier brouhaha. What do you guys think? So, Tass, I just thought this was a fun question. Do you agree with the levels? Is there one you would add in there? What, what, what do you think? Well, yeah, let's take a step back here. Woj tweeted that LeBron got a game for roughhousing. <laughs> throw in the words roughhousing. I guess that's not really a term for fight. That's a verb. He was roughhousing. But, but throw that into the mix of all these words that mean not a fight, really, is, is what they all mean. I think the levels are melee. That's the top. Melee okay. sounds just you because know, that sounds like chaotic. That sounds yeah. like yeah, a yeah, bunch and then of it's all the other words. I think. Okay. Yeah, melee wins, and then fracas, brouhaha, dust up. It's like you know, take your pick. That's like umpires kicking stuff at each other at dust up. Like I don't know what those words mean. <laughs> what do you What do you think, Lee? Is there any other words you throw in there in, in the hmm. rankings, the tiers? I, I just really want to know what the difference between a brouhaha and a fracas is, really, because I mean, where where do you draw a line? Where does it become a brew and where does it become a frack? I mean, that's what it comes down to, isn't it? You know? Well, like, the line what, is suspensions to me. Mm. Uh, dust up sounds pretty minor. No ejections. Okay. Mm. Okay. Just a little bit of everybody's everybody's getting upset. Everybody's dander is up. We're yep. gonna be tough guy in each other. You could even go forehead to forehead in a dust up, Ooh. as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Though, though, if you get ejected. It immediately becomes a brouhaha. All right. <laughs> Something's brewing. Something's yeah. brewing, and ha-ha, Adam Silver's going to be giving you a call. Maybe you're getting fined, but if it's just a fine and small suspensions, that's a fracas. Okay. Mm, okay. Anything under five-game suspension is a fracas. Five-plus games, that's a melee. Okay. We're talking about Malice at the Palace. That was a melee. Uh, the Nuggets versus Knicks fight yeah. uh, where Marty Collins got a big suspension. That was a melee. So that's the, those are the tiers to me once you start getting into the disciplines. Okay. Mm. Uh, mm. You know, the stream team pointing out, where does uh, kerfuffle fall in all of this? Where does, nice. where does, where does tussle yeah. fall in all of this? Ooh, I think, uh, yeah. yeah, you see that one a lot. I think that Tussle's was good. on this one. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so great question there. From Mark J. Thank you for sending that in. And, oh, 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 when we were trying to name this yesterday, you know, Malice at the Palace, mm -hmm. that's legendary. That's just too perfect. We were trying to figure out, well, now they play at Little Caesars Arena. Are we calling this anything? What are some funny names? You guys had some great <laughs> suggestions. One more came in that I like. Because I kept thinking Little Caesars Arena, the pizza box. I yeah. keep going towards that. But a lot of people pointing out, why not the oven? So, Lee, Mikey, he said, what about... The shoving at the oven. <laughs> what was the so shoving? Was it Isaiah Stewart shoving, was it? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I guess it's just because so. it rhymes. That's a yeah, reason. that's a thing. It's a bit of a reach for me. It sounds great. It's just when you look at what it was... It was more an invasion or, an, or you know, he was trying to, trying to, trying to elude like uh, his own teammates, wasn't he there? But yeah, yeah there's something there. There's something, something there. I don't mind the oven. We can work with the yeah. oven. I, I yeah, that's a great forward. nickname for Little Caesars Arena. Things are getting heated down yeah. in the oven here yeah. in the fourth yeah. quarter. Yeah, good stuff no there, No loving Mikey. at the oven. No loving in the oven. What about that? Oh, McLovin. Wait till he shows up. Uh, okay, let's get to uh, a few of the games from last night. Let's start with Jaron Jackson Jr.'s clutch three-pointer 
to get the Grizzlies past the Jazz. Uh, Lily, uh, a wild comeback here from Memphis. I can't believe they pulled this off. This was an incredible win. Very impressive by Memphis because they just uh, played like a team to me that had come off an embarrassing defeat. Um, and they were their, their effort was questioned by their coach. So you can go one of two ways after that. You can either say, you know what, screw this, we're, we're not playing well. Or you can just go out and fight and scrap and do everything because... After a 43-point loss, you can actually start to wonder if maybe Taylor Jenkins has kind of lost that, that locker room there. You know, that's that's one of those non-effort losses that sometimes blows up to something more. But going into this game, the Jazz 11-point favorites, and I think that's a pretty decent line, a fair line, because they're a very good home team. They, go into, going into last night, had the best offensive rating in the league, going up against a team with the worst defensive rating in the, team, in the league. So you can see why that line was the way it was. But the Grizzlies hung in. And again, they didn't play a great game, but they had that, because they had a players-only meeting as well. I think we're up to, what, four teams now with players-only mm. meetings? Throw them in. They had a 90-minute one. Like, oh, imagine that at the end. <laughs> like, oh, can we just get out and play now, you know? Um, but anyway, so they fought hard. Got back to a tight game, and then Bojan Bogdanovic hit two big three-pointers with less than a minute and a half to go, uh, and it looked like that was going to be enough. Mm-hmm. Those were kind of back-breaking threes there. And then that Jazz defense was holding up really well, I thought. Uh, the, the Grizzlies was just struggling to get shots off, like good shots, good looks. But what I noticed is they kept attacking, and they kept getting those second-chance opportunities, offensive rebounds. They grabbed eight offensive rebounds in that fourth quarter alone. That, to me, right there... Shows hustle, shows effort, shows even if we go down tonight, we're not just going to mail it in like we did the other night. You know, that's that's one of those kind of galvanizing efforts, but you think it's still going to come up short because it's against the Utah Jazz. Mm-hmm. But they kept attacking. They got to the free throw line, couldn't hit a field goal, got to the free throw line, made four of six there to bring them to within two points. And then there was a very weird inadvertent whistle called by the referees on a missed free throw from Ja Morant. It looked like they called offensive goaltending first, mm-hmm. and then it looked like they called defensive goaltending. Turns out they uh, Jackson and Gobert's hand were both there at around about the same time, so they just said, all right, jump ball. Let's just have a jump ball. That's the easiest way to uh, decide <laughs> this. Because if they'd called an offensive goaltending or a defensive goaltending, excuse me, that would have been two points and tied game there for the Grizzlies. So it wasn't. Anyway, Jaron Jackson, Rudy Gobert, jump ball. Jaron Jackson wins it. Jamaran again penetrates inside. He, you know, he's got that sort of herky jerky way of getting in, taking big, steep, big leaps and big, uh, you know, big gigantic steps. Anyway, he fires it out. Jaron Jackson with his shovel push for three <laughs> knocks it in. Uh, incredible three. And then the Jazz still had five seconds to go. Couldn't get a really good look off. Donovan Mitchell didn't get a great shot off there. So the Grizzlies win one of the most unlikely victories I think of the entire season. As I mm-hmm. said before. When you weigh up all those factors in Utah, very good defensive team. Grizzlies just not a very good defensive team. Jazz a great offensive team. And they somehow pull this out when they look dead in the water. So I think that's uh, a player's only meetings. They work. They absolutely work. What a brilliant... Uh, <laughs> so who's, who's had them? The Celtics? Yeah. Okay, the Wizards obviously. had one before the seasons. Before the oh, season. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Wizards. Mm-hmm. Now you're adding the, the Grizzlies. And who's yeah. the fourth? You said, there, was, uh, uh, there was one more I, I read earlier about. Uh, okay. I, I can't. But yeah, I, anyway. I'll trust you. So the thing is, what, though, that's one of those wins. Like I say, this one is one that tells me the team is behind the coach. And the players were embarrassed with that performance against yeah. Minnesota. Because they were... If you look at it again, John Rant went 9 for 30 from the field last night. But... 
What I love about him is he's not afraid of the moment. He got to the free throw line, even though he missed that one late there. But he he really does live in the moment. He doesn't worry if he's shooting badly. He knows if he can have a chance to win the game to go there. We've seen him take big shots in big moments a lot this season. Some he's missed. He missed one technically last night, but uh, made the right play at the end. And really, Memphis pull off, I think, maybe the upset of the season, really, to, to, to do it like they did there last night. Tass, what do you think of this one? Well, I just think the Grizzlies' expectation level is a little too high around the league. I know John Moran is playing incredibly well, but coming into this game, they're at 500, and that's not far off where they should be. Uh, I know their defense has struggled, uh, but uh, they somehow uh, you know, squeak out wins, even though they have an aggregate point differential of nearly negative five, and now they're 9-8. and eight. It's kind of bonkers. I know that 43-point loss against the Timberwolves has a big uh, part of that, but I think their expectation level is kind of matching where they are, obviously, disappointing 43-point loss. Uh, and Jaron Jackson Jr. really is the, the barometer of this, this team. Like, he, needs to, he needs to play at a higher level, and then this team will excel. But you know, behind John Morant and, um, and his MVP credentials to start the season, they just have to play better. And I think maybe John Morant, because of the way he's played, because of how phenomenal he's been, uh, because he's carrying the team on his back, I think the expectations have gotten a little too ahead of – uh, where they are mm. in their development, I, I just, I just think I don't. I'm not sure why people expect them to be a great team. I think they're doing just fine where they are. They're kind of where they were last year. They have the exact same winning percentage, and you know they're, they'll be in the play-in tournament again. And if they make it into the actual playoffs, then that's a huge win, I think, for this team. That's you know kind of just trying to trying to get better internally year to year. Westbrook, excuse me, uh, John Morant. To me, last night in that game, especially, like you said, Lee, attacking, 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 like offensive rebound when he had like no right to get them. That was Westbrook-like. And that was a compliment. I know he, you know, people say, oh, don't compare him to Westbrook. But in that game, it, the guy somehow in the 45th, 46th, 47th minute of a game is just playing harder. He's got more energy than it feels like a lot of the other guys out there. And that, to me, you see like those Westbrook games where he sort of just like willed his team into vic- to victory, especially when Westbrook had his own team. I'm not talking about like Lakers-Westbrook as much, but that's what I saw from this one. And they, you're right. Bogdanovich hit that step-back three in the corner. Like, well-played, totally mm-hmm. covered, incredible shot. You think the Jazz are winning and somehow... Memphis pulls this off. Uh, well, Hassan Detroit. Whiteside certainly thought this game was over after the Bogdanovich from the corner screaming. <laughs> and honestly, a great shot from Bogdanovich. Like you said, he hit a couple of clutch threes there. He probably should have gotten the last shot for the Jazz. Uh, but all things considered, I would say my favorite thing, I just love a clutch jump ball. <laughs> like Jaron Jackson Jr. winning that jump ball and then jaw penetrating like you're saying, Ski. It's very Westbrook-esque. 32 points on 9 of 30 shooting, yeah. but still going to be attacking there on the very last possession of the game. Kicks out because everybody's focused on him, and Jackson knocks it down. That was great to see. Uh, the only other clutch jump ball I can remember from this year, Terry Rozier had one uh, against the Warriors. So yeah. Terry I, won the tip. <laughs> Terry won the tip. Two beauties. <laughs> End of the season, maybe we'll have a top five clutchest jump balls. Oh, wow. Right. Well, it's funny you brought up <laughs> that Terry only. Rozier one because I also thought the official threw it a little bit to the side of Jaron Jackson Jr. It wasn't perfectly straight. Not as bad the as human that element. Yes, that's right. Why don't uh, they just make the players have their arms by their sides then so they can get the ball up cleanly? Because they, they go in dolphins up there? Just go 
go in there and they can't, with their nose? They, with they their can't nose? go in because every both arms are like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. You know, so have your arms down until he throws it and then, you know, it, it might even it out a little bit because I think it'd be tough for the refs to go in there. You're small, they're, you know, they're usually tiny and the players are so big and you've got to be like, you've got to throw it so quick before they can just tap it on its way up. So. I mean, why does it have to be two guys? Let's get all 10 guys involved. Ah, yeah. Sort of do like AFL style, I guess, Lily, yeah. or something like that. Like, let's just like have the ref like just rocket it off the it, ground, yeah. bounce it, and then whoever comes up with it comes up with it. Let's go. I love that idea. Definitely. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> there we go. All right. Go Bombers. Uh, okay, I thought it was wild just to watch just jo- back to job because he, he is the story at all times he shot 10 threes and he's done that a couple times in his in his career right uh but it's uh his, his th- I, th- I think he's just evolving and he's comfortable taking that shot now so it's gonna be harder to guard that dude you know like even if he's hitting just three of them you know which is westbrook like you gotta you gotta pay attention to him out there it's uh it's an mvp like season man i'm feeling it i'm feeling it i draw uh the the jjj has to help him out a little bit but um he did I last know, night. Was feeling he was, himself, man. He, he was great last night. I thought uh, Triple J was. Um, and yep. you said like I, I get what you're saying. Like you you thought they'd be like a 500 team, but yes. their expectations this year are not to be in the play-in tournament. I, I think that's yeah. safe to say that they want to be in an actual playoff series. Start getting some reps for your John Morant's and your Jaron Jackson Juniors. Like that's that's probably should be their goal. Like it's you gotta like. They gotta take a step up here. You can't just be the same, right? Yeah, but I, they're taking it slow. They traded Jonas Valanciunas, well, who could yeah. have been their best player last yeah, yeah. year. Yeah, uh, if they wanted to be great, they would have kept him on the team. I think they they see that he wasn't part of their future, and Jaron Jackson Jr. was. So, it, I, th- I think they were willing to take a tiny step, you know, sideways. They were taking an Iman Shumpert dance step to the left, dance step to the right, and bo- so they can step <laughs> forward, mm. so they can shot put their partner and spin her all around and do that thing. <laughs> Because he was just tossing her. It wasn't Dancing with the Stars. It was lifting no, with the Stars. No, no. His, uh, his, yeah, his oh, finale yeah, was right. actually dancing. That last one, that interpretive dance one we talked about on the show a while ago, that was not. That was like, he saved he, it for the finals. He did. He did. Quick feet. <laughs> quick feet on Trump there. Good win for him. Season 30. Still can't get over that. Uh, all right. Let's talk about high numbers here. Let's get to uh, another game. Phoenix Suns. Come on. They won their 13th straight. Beat the Spurs 115-111. Trey, big takeaway. Well, on last week's podcast, Skeets, you asked if the Bulls are last year's sons. Mm-hmm. I saw on Basketball Buds this week, they asked which NBA team is this is last year's Hawks. It could even be the Hawks are last year's Hawks. Mm-hmm. But I'm here to tell you that the Suns are last year's Jazz because Phoenix is on a massive winning streak right now. And it's totally flying under the radar. 13 straight wins for the Suns. Came right after a 1-3 start and basically began once the Robert Sarver investigation news broke, which is quite the response from the Phoenix Suns. But these guys are just taking care of business. Five players in double digits last night against the Spurs. Booker, Ayton, and Payne all had 20-plus. And this came on the second night of a back-to-back. That's how you do it. Post-game, Cameron Payne was asked about the win streak. I really don't think about nothing. Really just a number. Honestly, we just went 1-0 today. That's the mindset you need to win 13 straight games because the competition has been pretty easy for the Suns, all things considered. I'm not sure if they've been the favorites in every single one of their games, but my guess would be yeah. But they're still beating these teams, 
And beating the bad teams is what pads your win total for the end of the year, which is why the Suns are in second right now. That helps your seeding. You're playing home games in the playoffs. The Valley boys were lit last summer, uh, last season uh, in the postseason. Remember, Suns in four. It's a huge advantage. So they got the Cavs next on Wednesday. Got to win that game. It's the Cavs. They're banged up right now. Then you're taking a double-digit win streak into Madison Square Garden to face the Knicks. That's huge. And then on Saturday, a showdown with the Nets, the best team in the Eastern Conference right now. Keep winning. I think the Suns are going to do it. The Cavs seems like it should be a dub. But uh, I've been impressed. They're a well-balanced team. They look like they have not taken any sort of time off after going to the finals last year. Whereas we look at a team like the Hawks, they're having trouble finding that motivation. The Bucks have been banged up. Meanwhile, the Suns, they're just one of the best offensive and defensive teams in the league. Everybody in their starting lineup can score. They got a bunch of guys off the bench who can score. They're right. looking good. They're the Jazz. Yeah, what, what do you think of that uh, sort of comparison, Tass? Do, do you see it, what Trey's selling you there? Absolutely. That My one note was uh, the Suns' ultimate compliment would be if you just describe their team as uh, we just got to wait till the playoffs to see if they can produce. And that's exactly what you say about the Utah Jazz every single season. If they're boring, if they're getting their job done, if they're getting it from everywhere, like Mikel Bridges says, like we just go out there and we, we get the job done. That is the ultimate compliment for the Suns. If they can just be a, you know, a 55, 58 win team to see if they can do it again. It's that it's in the category of the Jazz. Like last year, they could be a one seed. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens in the playoffs. You know, it's, uh, it feels like a little bit Spursy of the last two decades while the Spurs were doing their thing. I think that is a, it's a real apt comparison. The way they've come together and uh, they can produce no extreme superstars, no disrespect to like Donovan Mitchell and Devin Booker and Chris Paul. You know, the superstar level is at another tier mm-hmm. uh, with some of the other Western Conference teams, but you can hope the Suns can knock them off for sure, just like you can hope the Jazz do too. There's a there's a path. There's a path for the Suns team if they play like this. Yeah. Yeah, Lee. It feels like with Phoenix right now, you know, Kaminsky is out, but and Trey sort of said it. They have nine guys that are just come in every game. You know, your five starters, of course, and then four guys off the bench in Cam Johnson, Javale McGee, Campaign, and then Landry Shamit, who's been a nice little addition for them. And everybody is contributing. It feels like like there's no there's no real like. There's no dud. There's no zero on this squad. Nine guys deep, maybe ten yeah. once Kaminsky's back. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, JaVale McGee, another solid performance for him last night. He just continues to be uh, a very, very solid veteran for this team, understanding his role. You know, when DeAndre Ayton was out, he came in and just picked it up. Now he realizes he's a bench player for the most part. He goes back to the bench and plays really hard. Just runs, uh, you know, rim to rim. You know, it's a bit of a cliche, but that's what you want from a big man because he can defend, and then he just doesn't take much to finish around the rim. So he's been really good. But I think that's the thing with the Suns last year. At their best, didn't matter who was out there on the floor. It was like, oh, yeah, that guy, Cam Johnson, he can knock in that shot. Campaign, they picked him up off the scrap heap, uh, and he turned himself now into a, a, a long-term contract there, or, or yeah, a short-term contract, but a, confer- a guaranteed deal, which is huge for him. So this is what's great. And talking about contracts, I mean, DeAndre Ayton right now in the five games since he's been back, just been incredible for Phoenix. Again, has been you know soft competition there, but he's looked incredible. So this is going to cost Phoenix one way or the other. They either pay him now, you know, the max in the... The off season, or they have to trade him because uh, he is going to be getting paid the biggest bucks he can possibly get paid uh, in the off season. He's clearly showing that right now. Now, you know, there's a lot of season to go still, but the way that he looks out on the floor, just comfortable. Chris Paul just serves it up on a dish to him so many times as well. I think that obviously helps your case yeah. when you have a, a point guard of that caliber. But Aiton is doing his job. 
you know, it's like, fine, I'll just go and uh, cash in. He's beefed already this year. He had another 17 rebounds in a game. I think he had 14 there last night. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, sure, the Spurs don't have a, you know, they're not, you're not going up against Tim Duncan there, but uh, he's just showing Phoenix that they messed up by uh, not signing him in the, in the offseason. And um, good on DeAndre Ayton. Well, you just pissed off Spurs fans because they do have Pirtle. Come on, man. He is good. Uh, well, yes. Uh, yes. I mean, that, uh, Bill Lamb said on the call last night when uh, he was in ISO against Chris Paul, he said, you do not want to be in this situation. <laughs> no. Chris, Chris Paul just hit a jumper in his face. Like, he didn't actually embarrass him all that much. He didn't yeah. make him, you know, stumble all over the place. But <laughs> it's I, funny when the, the, the other team's just like, oh, God, no. Don't don't get there. Just get out yeah. of this. Hey, look, the Spurs put up a fight. And, like, they, they do this, it feels like, in every game. They keep losing a lot of games, but they're in these games. Uh, I remember we said that. The start of the season that would probably be the case uh i also like to picture you as ayton's agent uh lee uh trying to figure out a deal and you just say we would like the biggest bucks please mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the biggest bucks possible please yeah. <laughs> just say this is a, this is actually a very easy negotiation here phoenix you know what to do five years absolute max now depending on any individual accolades uh, he gets this season could mm. obviously change the final amount I mean he won't win MVP but he, he maybe makes the all-star team There's, it's certainly if the Suns yeah. keep rolling the way they are he could get in there so that will help him but uh, whatever the absolute maximum he's entitled to earn is what he's uh, on on the track for right now the biggest bucks <laughs> I like that if you okay. signed a max contract would you want them to write you like a comically sized lottery yeah. check oh, right yeah. you're like come on yeah. at least the signing bonus of yeah. course I'm surprised like yeah all we see sometimes is like a good Instagram or Twitter photo of like the guy literally just signing the actual paperwork yeah we want those like comically sized checks and that memo like a, the biggest yeah. bucks <laughs> right? mm-hmm. be way more yeah. fun be a better photo get more likes right Tess for sure. Like my man Ryan Sutton, when we, he won the tournament on TSN, when he won the bowling tournament, I was there with him. He got the novelty check. It's great. The huge awesome. one. Of course. Does, everybody he, does around, he still have it? He's got to have it. Wow. Yeah, what he do you, won what on do you the do Sports with Network with Vic Router calling the call. The Maple Moxie on this kid. <laughs> I mean, of course he's got that check somewhere. I think it was oh, for 5K Canadian. Oh my God. Whatever. This, this story comes up uh, so much. I love it. Shut up the sets. Uh, maybe 10K. I don't know. I saw he got back out on the bowling lanes. A little rusty. Hey. Said. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good for him. Yeah. I guess yeah, I mean. A couple uh, of his, bowling couple lane, of his I mean, balls drilled, I guess. Go on. What, what, were that, you saying? what does that mean? Oh, you get your custom holes in the in the balls for for uh, a bowler gets you know custom drilled what? holes to fit perfectly. Really? Yeah, custom balls, that. baby. I didn't like get that. The placement of the holes, or the like, obviously the size of the holes for your fingers. <laughs> That's or a good both. question. Definitely the size. Right. Maybe the placement too. I don't know. Like, can I can I put like. <laughs> Can I, like, just go pinky thumb? Like, that's it? Like, if that's my style? I guess you could. Wild style, huh? (laughs) Yeah. That's how you bowl? No, I'm just saying, could I? (laughs) I just want to know I have the option. You say it's custom. Probably. How custom can I get? Okay. Uh, We'll talk about customization when I get to my Indochino ad later. Uh, (laughs) In other action last night, uh, just some other games I'll throw at you. We had Durant scoring 27. And the Nets got a little lift from a rookie, another cam, uh, to down the Cavs. Terry Rozier's late three-pointer helped the Hornets over the Wizards, 109-103. It's a nice win for Charlotte. They're on a bit of a streak here. Celtics, Bucks, uh, earmuffs, Trey, Pacers, 
and the Wolves, they all won big. Yeah, Pacers crushed the Bulls. My goodness. And then finally here, the 76ers pulled away in the fourth to beat the Kings to spoil Elvin Gentry's debut. Any of those games, tasks that uh, caught your eye that you want to touch on? Well, uh, a couple teams at the bottom of the Western Conference playoff bracket I want to touch on. The Kings and the Timberwolves go in different ways. The Timberwolves, they're rising. They beat the Pelicans. Okay, sure. Yep. They should win that. They've won four in a row, though. They're 5-2 and two since they changed their starting lineup, and I think that's key. They've got their three offensive players in their starting lineup, Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards, and D'Angelo Russell, but they've added two defensive players, Patrick Beverly as a guard to play alongside D'Angelo Russell and Jared Vanderbilt. And that guy is built different. I love watching Jared Vanderbilt because he's just he's a perfect player for the Minnesota Timberwolves. They just need a guy to work his ass off. He's all over the place. His hands are up. He's cutting. He's ready for passes. That's how he scores. He had 16 points yesterday and double-digit rebounds in three straight games. And I don't think he's giving his starting spot back. I think he's just a perfect perfect guy, a big guy, second-round pick. Uh, it would be nice if he could shoot the ball as well, but he doesn't have the nickname of V8 because he's a finesse guy. He works his ass off. He works hard, and, you know, we're going electric. So keep up this nickname as long as you can, as long as we have these big muscle cars. So V8's a good one. It's a very good nickname. Yeah. I, I don't know why people don't talk about it more. He is Vanderbilt different. I, that team... It, it, they, like the Phoenix Suns, have had a nice, easy sked recently, and that's why they've gone 5-2 and two with this starting lineup, and it's going to get harder now. But at least they're going the right way. They're in the play-in bracket, while the Sacramento Kings, my gosh, uh, that, that loss, uh, first game with a new head coach in Alvin Gentry, you think that they're going to work, outwork the other team. A Philadelphia 76ers team that has none of their starters. Right. None. Not one. And uh, they were up nine early in the fourth. The Kings were, and I had to go back to watch this fourth quarter to see how they bungled a nine-point lead. And they were just so bad defensively. They just left out every guy on an island. You know, go do it yourself. They, they didn't rebound together. So the Sixers finished on a 25-8 to eight run. The body language is just so bad on the Kings, especially with De'Aaron Fox. I don't want to play body language, Doctor, but what's going on? Uh, if you have your, your, your first game with a new head coach, you have to play hard. You have to play up to your, to your capabilities against a team that's you know, really just outworking them with the Philadelphia 76ers who don't have any of their stars. I don't know if he just doesn't want to be there right now, long term, because they've drafted two guards in a row. I'm going to guess he's on Trey's list of potential mm. trade targets for Ben Simmons that we'll get to. Uh, but he just doesn't want to be there in a, in a game where... Yeah, they got outworked. The eight guys that the Sixers played, their combined salaries less than what De'Aaron Fox gets paid in one season or what Buddy Heald gets paid Holy in one season. Uh, so Derek Bodner of The <laughs> Athletic, if you, want, if you want stats like that, you just got to pay a dollar a friggin' month at theathletic.com slash no dunks uh, to read great articles like that. They got destroyed in that fourth quarter. Philly was getting what they wanted. Andre Drummond getting board after board after board, Trey. They just... They just got steamrolled. Thanks for mentioning it, Tass. JD, please roll that beautiful beef footage. Andre Drummond had 23 rebounds. New coach? Same old beef.
that's a lot of roast beef. Witches rebounds. Wow, look at that slick editing there from Trey Kirby. Speeding up the action to get to another Andre Drummond rebound. Hey, if you get two offensive rebounds on the same possession, you best believe it's getting beefed hard. And Tass is exactly right. Andre Drummond was completely outworking the Kings in the fourth quarter. He had four offensive rebounds all by himself. And as you saw, it was basically like Maxi just gets to wherever he wants in the paint. Couldn't really finish, just throws it off the glass. But Drummond is there to clean up the glass. And that's his uh, third beef already this season. A minimum deal for maximum beef, but (laughs) bummer of stuff for the Kings to take a lead into the fourth quarter and then just get outworked. They didn't even get the dead coach bounce. Like, that's shameful stuff from Sacramento. Yeah, it's not good, Lily. I don't know if you have anything to add to the uh, Sacramento Kings here. It's, uh, It's not pretty, and you do wonder if a deal will be made. I mean, even if it's a minor deal, if it's trading Bagley to a team for a second round pick and, and possibly looking at, I guess, exploring a trade for uh, <laughs> sending Fox somewhere. Cause like he's playing in a fog. You're right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we said that a, a week or so ago and he's continuing to play like that. It, it is funny. Like when we do get ready for the show, you think, I wonder if someone will bring up this point that I noticed and De'Aaron Fox on that last three pointer from the corner was way short and his body language, the shoulders just dropped. And it was not like, frustration or anger more just like yeah you know again another way of losing a game against a team we you know should be able to beat he just looks like he really needs to change something up now again he he presents a lot of trade value to the kings but do they really want to give up on him just yet i'm not quite sure especially when you're getting an uncertain return from a guy who could be great but maybe he's not actually any better in that situation so that's something to watch for sure, but it's also could be the deflection trade coming up. Like, quick, let's trade someone so people talk about that rather than the team's performance. <laughs> but we did see two basketball cliches last night uh, in in Chicago. First trip back, first game back from a long road trip. Often the team stinks, the home team, and they well, did second last night. game back. That was a schedule oh, was loss. That's a, yeah. Oh. They beat the Knicks on their first game back. Oh, so they man. had a back to back after a five game West Coast road trip. That loss is on the schedulers more than the Bulls, but a nice Damn win the, for the Pacers, as Kenny Beecham said last night. Enjoy your November win. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. Oh, my uh, God. Pacers fans already hate us. God, I forgot about that Knicks game. Anyway, we had the... Bing bong! Well, what's your other cliche? That's well, the cliche incorrect. is, yeah, the, the new coach bump. That oh, usually that one, yes. results in an automatic True. win against True. a team that's got none of their starters. You're at home. They're on a long road trip. That's like the easiest win of a coach's career. And instead, it's like just another miserable loss there for the Kings. So, uh God, what a bad situation that is there. Because, again, this to me shows you that it wasn't one of those just get a new voice in the locker room. This was like, it didn't matter if Luke Walton was on the side there last night. You couldn't make any, you couldn't tell any difference. You know, they just played the same way. So, <laughs> yuck. <laughs> uh, you may have noticed there was one game that I didn't mention there, and that was the Thunderhawks game. Because we were down at the Fortress, and we'll share some of our, uh, from our insight and some of our takes after the break, because we got to pay the bills. JD, what do you got for us? Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. It's NBA playoffs time, and that means NBA snack time. I can't stop eating while I'm watching. So many options in my house that I gotta cut out a bit. I gotta switch it up, but I know I'm not giving up. Sunflower seeds? Sure. But maybe something that's not a food for that oral fixation, perhaps? Good thought. Here's a breath of fresh air. Fume. Fume takes your habit and simply makes it better, healthier, and more enjoyable. Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device. Instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, Fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, Fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your bad habit easy. Its taste is surprising. All natural stuff. It's fun to fidget with, and it's a good weight. The wood feels good, and it feels cool to use. Start the good habit by going to tryfume.com slash dunks and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving listeners to the show 10% off when they use our code dunks to help make starting the good habit that much easier. Okay, Tales from the Fortress. Uh, yes, you were missed, Lee. I know you just keep going to football matches over there in England, but we went down to watch the Hawks last night. Trey Young scored 21 of his 30 points in the second half. Capella, 10 and 15. Thought we were going to get a big beef in person there, Trey. It was looking good for a while. He slowed down a little bit. But the Hawks, they closed out a perfect five-game homestand here with the 113-101 win over OKC. Um, just, just a few notes. Atlanta's found their groove here, Tass. I think that's safe to say. They're 6-0 and since they've gone with the starting lineup of Trey, Kevin Herter, Bogdanovich, and then Collins and Capella as their bigs. So they're perfect right now with that as their starting five. They took over in the third quarter. You saw it with your own eyes there. They held the Thunder to 11 points, held them to 4 of 25 shooting. That sort of like changed the game. And my only other real note is, and Lee, I think you'll like this. I saw a guy with a camcorder. (laughs) (laughs) Was it Shaq? No, it wasn't. Uh, JD, I, I took a photo. This guy in front of me. I, I have not seen a camcorder in person in, I want to say, like a decade. But this guy was, like, getting some bootleg action here. Yeah. It's funny. <laughs> I like, had to take a photo of it. Everyone records everything on their phones these days, and it's normal. But when you see someone doing that, it's like, hey, that's illegal, man. You shouldn't be doing <laughs> know. that, you know? That's <laughs> like, so funny you said that, because I yeah. thought that, too. And yeah. then I looked around, and there were a good 10 to 15. 15 people on their phones definitely recording yeah. know, the jump ball or the start of the game. I'm like, yeah, why am I why am I shaming this guy? <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was cool. So uh, anyway, it was a, a pretty, again, second half dominant performance from the Hawks task. I don't know if you have anything to add either from OKC side of things or, or the Hawks. Yeah, it was a uh, third quarter. Good teams come out and finish the job. Yeah. That's what happened in this one. And um, yeah, obviously disappointing, especially for you, Skeets. 
No Shea Gilgis Alexander. Where is he? Yeah. You got Xander. I mean, Josh Giddy out there running the show. I mean, he's doing a decent job. <laughs> he, uh, Giddy is good. I mm-hmm. liked watching he's him in tough. person. He, okay, a couple things. Holy crap, does that guy look to pass? And he is an unbelievable playmaker. He sees like really cool angles, I think, out there, especially when you get to see it in person. But man, creating his own shot, a problem right now. And yep. he's what, 19? He's got time to figure it out. And I thought also as the game went on, Tass, maybe, I don't know if you agree or not, I thought he got worse and worse. Like, he was amazing in the first quarter when he had energy, I thought. And as he got a little more tired and was maybe asked to do a little too much because SGA was out, Jesse was out, and he was maybe handling the ball a little bit more than he usually does. I just thought he, like, started to get sloppy with passes and, again, struggling to score. So, But I, I, was, I was impressed uh, overall by him. Totally. I, I think on the, the Hawks' side... Kevin Herter in the starting lineup, as you mentioned, is is big for them. Kevin Herter is uh, that secondary playmaker that DeAndre Hunter really wasn't. And DeAndre Hunter's out, uh, but Kevin Herter has stepped in and obviously was a big part of beating the Philadelphia 76ers in round two of the playoffs last year, sending them to the Eastern Conference Finals. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's sort of like last year where Nate McMillan just kind of has to play guys, and it's working out uh, due to injury. Uh, Herter's been great. And Cam Reddish, um, I think, is growing here as a, a bench player. I think his shot selection is starting to get a little bit smarter. Uh, this is the first time I think he's really run with a good NBA team. I mean, this is his third year in the league, but he barely played last year you know, played uh, in only 26 games. And I think he tried to do a little too much to start the season, tried to play make and score off the dribble. But now I think it's a little bit more catch and shoot, a little bit more pick his spots. And, and I think... Nate McMillan's really running with him because he's got so much potential on both ends to shut guys down on the defensive end and to be an incredible scorer, and he's huge, so he's got to play him. But I think we've seen this rocky start is is in part for the Hawks because of Cam Reddish, you know, just finding his way as a young player. And so, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of that on the Hawks side as well as the Thunder side who – had a Wiggins out there that has no relation to Andrew or Nick Wiggins. It was an Aaron Wiggins. What's going on? Oh, man. There are a lot of players on the Thunder. Because you can hear like people around us being like, who is that guy? Who's that guy? What's that guy's name? Robinson Earl? Is that his first name? Is that, is his last? Like, there is a lot of people going, who the heck is that guy? Because, you know, for a casual fan, especially Trey. There are a lot of guys that you maybe haven't heard of or seen before. What a game for Ty Jerome. He was the, the Josh Giddy of the second half for the Oklahoma City yeah. Thunder. 15 points, 5 of 5 at the free throw line. I haven't checked yet, but I know John Hollinger had some kind of tweet about him since he's a Virginia guy. That's the only guy who knows Ty Jerome, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It was halftime, and we said feels like uh, the Thunder or the Hawks need to play one quarter of defense, and this will be a win. Uh, and that's exactly what happened. Came out in the third quarter and smacked them. I think it's interesting though the DeAndre Hunter stuff. Basically, as soon as he went out of the lineup, the team got better at offense and defense. Seems to me they just need to play Herder more. Like Herder's been getting the most minutes he's been getting for the entirety of the season. He's better than DeAndre Hunter, so play him more, even when DeAndre Hunter comes back. I know that the idea is that Hunter is going to be your go-to stopper defensively and maybe be able to give you something offensively as well, but he seems to kind of just get in the way. The team looks better when he's been on the bench, and that's true going back to last year's playoffs as well. I, I just have some other notes I just thought of. The Thunder should not be allowed to wear orange 
when they're playing, at least in Atlanta on that court, it looks like garbage. I mean, it's because it, he got this red and, of course, like white mm. and, you know, a little yellow too, but like predominantly red in ATL and just the orange, you know, Tass, it just looked, I thought it looked horrible. So that should be a rule. The other thing is, uh, and Lee, you, you would have loved this, giant inflatable Harry the Hawk, you mm. know, classic. Okay, fine. We were loving it. But the guy or, or woman operating inside, um, he, they brought the tongue out, okay? Like this giant long tongue. Okay, hilarious. It comes out, and then it usually goes away. I don't know if it malfunctioned or something, but the tongue stayed out for like the mm. entire time, and it was very distracting and looked really weird. Yeah. Uh, so I think I they, uh, like they either that. forgot to just pull it back in and they didn't know it was out there, or maybe it broke or something. Very hard to tell if it's a bit or not then in those circumstances. With a, with a, uh, well, definitely it's a bit at first, but I yeah, think they reel it in, but it was like out there dangling around yeah. the whole time. When yeah, does the bit a, stop a and when does it? Sim- I saw though just the other day Harry the Hawk and a ton of the other mascots were in LA for the, uh, Chuck the Condor's birthday celebration <laughs> which was unusual to see them all together so uh, good to see Harry made it back in time to be at home for the fortress <laughs> uh, Lee, so I'm glad you brought that up I was we had our buddy Matty O went to the Clippers game he gave us the inside scoop oh they're celebrating Chuck the Condor's birthday apparently it wasn't even his birthday uh, I don't know how Matty knows. It's like the this. Queen, isn't it? It's yeah, Queen's birthday's the same. It's like not a so, birthday. So, so they they have a bunch of mascots there. But I was wondering, hmm, are there two Harry the Hawks? Mm. Like, do they send a, a secondary Harry the Hawk costume out there, Tass, and someone <laughs> secondary else? Secondary Harry? Well, just in case uh, there's a problem getting back on the flight. You know, he's got to make it to the game. I don't know. I don't know what the answer yeah. is. <laughs> yeah, do they fly coach? I mean, how do you fit those big heads in those seats? Like, there's gonna be no room. Does Harry? Does Harry want the birthday party celebration, or does Harry want this? Like, no, I'm staying home. You go on the road. Send the intern on the road. You know? Yeah, like, what's, right. What's the better gig? You know, because. I would say you just don't want someone to show you up as the secondary Harry. You don't want people to go, oh, this Harry was awesome. You know what I mean? So, so. Okay, here's my theory. I think uh, primary Harry went to the party in L.A., had too much fun at the birthday party, wanted to stay there. They sent back secondary Harry. That's why the tongue was dangling out. They never passed on the info. You got to pull that tongue back in. It doesn't reel itself in. Right, yeah. Oh, wow. I think there's something there. Yeah, maybe. Oh. Final thing, because this is why you tune into No Dunks for this insight uh, with us going to these games. They did a contest last night, Lily. Basically, musical chairs, okay? But you had, I think they had six people lined up. You had to start at center court, that's where the chairs were, run down, make a layup, and then get back to a seat. And right. obviously, would eliminate people as it went on. Okay, somewhat entertaining, nice little wrinkle to your musical chairs there. Gets down to the two final guys. They sprint to opposite ends, and they, they both hit their layup. These guys are actually not that bad. They hit their layup. They come screaming back. And, like, you can see it happening in, yeah. in real time. Like, they're, they're going for this. I don't even know what they were playing for. Probably, like, a signed jersey or something. <laughs> they nail yeah. each other, Lily. I don't know if it, it, Did somebody get the clip? Was it making the rounds last night, Tess? I didn't check Twitter. I but, didn't see. Oh, my goodness. We should get that up. They just, this one guy hammers the guy. Yeah. Like, it could have been bad. Like, it could have been, like, concussions. Hey. It's like a Goldberg spear to the chest uh, yeah. in the midst of musical chairs. 
Oh, I've anyway. seen that at like six-year-old birthday parties when it comes down to the last two or three. Oh. They just, no friends, no friends when it comes to musical chairs. It's like <laughs> if you can just use your behind to get the other person out of the way, you do it. You don't care if they're if it's their birthday party as well. They're crying over to their mum. I wanted to win. They don't care. Kids go crazy at musical chairs. Yeah. It's wild and if, stuff. And if you find yourself in this situation like last night where it's the two and you're trailing a little bit and you probably aren't going to make it to the chair, you got to go for the chair. That's the move. Right. You don't yeah. try and beat him to the chair. Slide tackle into the chair. Push it out. Like we said, throw the ball maybe off the chair. Yeah. That thing would slide. He got he he was like he went for the he went for the seat task, but he should he should have actually moved the chair. That's what he should do. I, there's no rules against that, I don't think. Right. I loved it. I I loved watching. That was and very entertaining. <laughs> it was. Uh JD, did you have any notes from the Hawks game down at the fortress? Uh, well, I would same the highlight for me was the musical chairs and it was, uh, I think it was bad. I, one of those guys, I don't know, like they were wearing, both wearing masks. So I was like, one of those guys teeth knocked out or <laughs> concussion protocol or something. But, yeah. uh, and they were, they showed the replay on the, on the Jumbotron and we were like, Ooh, yeah, like it, was, <laughs> it was bad. It was bad, but I don't think you can touch the chair. Like uh, we were discussing that last night. I think mm. that's a rule. You can't, you can't touch the chair other than sitting in. Sit it. in it. Yeah, because I mean, that they, would be. They didn't say that to them. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, I'm sure they said something before they went out there. <laughs> okay. I also, uh, my other it. note from the game was uh, Trey Kirby is is a, a true Atlanta now. He came well, like <laughs> midway through the second quarter. And he also, he did the the Lee Ellis move because I think he was waiting on that pizza that he had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Trey came in, Trey came in hot oh. last night. Uh, <laughs> missed the entire first quarter because of traffic. Yeah, yeah you oh, said man. he had a good first half. He I'm did. just going to have to take your word for that one. <laughs> yeah, first uh, Hawks game for me since moving to the new house. I looked it up on the maps, 27 minutes to drive in. If I leave at mm. 6.45 for a 7.30 tip, should be good. No. <laughs> first time in Atlanta, bud? <laughs> oh, my goodness. I got there at about 8.15. That's why I had to get the pizza. I was like... I'm never going to wait for such a short time in line here. I'm here and Lee's always waiting 20 minutes for a flatbread. I walked up, got my pizza, got my drink. I'm like, hey, I've been sitting in the car for an hour. I need some sustenance here. But, uh, yeah, I've never felt like I lived farther away from the city than last night driving in. And it was literally all city traffic, too, because it's like yeah. once oh, I, I was going to say, parking, you would have got to the arena. You probably saw the arena, and then you were sitting there for 20 minutes. Exactly like, right. It took slow. me 25 minutes to get home. I was like, well... This part was cool. Maybe yeah. should have flip-flopped it. So next time I'm just going down early, get some shots up like Leo is. Okay. <laughs> well, in, Trey, in Trey's defense, though, it was a fast game. So you missed oh, a quarter true. and a half because this game is still the shortest of the four major sports. <laughs> time of game, under two hours. It was an hour fast. and 58 minutes. Yeah. What is this? Football? Is this Liverpool? <laughs> that was so short. Yeah. That was incredible. I mean, like, the first, felt like no whistles. And, and you're right. The first quarter, I don't think there may have been one one stoppage in play. I think Capella like tweaked his ankle, remember? Mm-hmm. From the 12-minute mark to like the five-minute mark where then they like were basically forced to take a timeout, a TV timeout. It flew by. So Scott yeah. the bartender was thrilled, man. He was, was, he he? was like, I'm out of here. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like last call at halftime, it felt like. Yeah. <laughs> Five minutes into the game. Yeah, we were struggling to get through our car battery modellos. Uh, <laughs> things were- 
god damn gigantic man it's nice it's nice you don't have to go back uh, so often to get those beers okay so last week sam amick at the athletic reported that daryl morey the president of basketball operations for the sixers he had a list 30 players the team would be interested in acquiring in any ben simmons trade i demanded both here on the show on twitter Hey, Maury, release the list. We want to see it, but we know he's not going to do that. But that's okay, because we got Trey Kirby here. He's done the work. He's come up with his own, I guess, 30-plus names for Maury and the Sixers to target in a Ben Simmons deal. Here we go, Trey. Have you broken these down into tiers, or how are you doing this? Alphabetical? What's the play? Alphabetical. I basketball reference uh, click the old team name. So we're going to go Eastern Conference Alphabetical, Western Conference Alphabetical. As you okay. mentioned, Skeets, Amick reported approximately 30 players who would satisfy the Sixers in a Simmons swap. And also a key part of this, there's an internal belief that a fair amount of these players could become available in the next year or two. So it might not happen this season. It could happen next season. I basically asked myself three questions while making this list. First, WDDI. Would Daryl do it? <laughs> if I think Daryl would do it, he's going primarily on the list. Second, could it happen? Is it possible this player is obtainable in the next two seasons? You know, maybe a trade request happens. Maybe a team we're expecting to be good suddenly falls off and is not looking quite like the competitor contender that we were thinking and suddenly... These teams are up in the air. And third, right. of course, who says no, which is going to be a question for y'all. So strap up and buckle in. Here are 30-plus <laughs> trade targets for Ben Simmons, Daryl Morey, and the Philadelphia 76ers. The first three were named in Sam Amick's articles. Damian Lillard, James Harden, Bradley Beal. I think those all fit the bill here. Yeah. A, ro- uh, a difference maker who could become available in the next couple of years. That's And that's what Maury's hoping. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Those, those are things. very yeah. much at the top of the list. Also near the top of the list, Jeremy Grant, because he was in that Keith Pompey article from last okay. year. You think that's a would Daryl do it if Jeremy Grant is your centerpiece? Well, uh, I made, need, I made my need... thoughts clear about this. Yeah. I think he's very low on the list. But yeah. I guess possibly. I think there's a chance. I think because this is me reading into it that he wants to get it done in the next few months and not wait a year and a half for Beal or Lillard. So he's going to have to lower the expectations to a Jeremy Grant type player, in my opinion. Because I don't know, does Beal or Lillard say it in the next, before this trade deadline? That's, I, I, I don't think, I don't think Maury can wait. Like that's, that's a long freaking time. It just feels like an eternity in basketball to wait a season to trade a guy that's never been Totally. Done. I mean, to, to wait a long time, especially when you have a Joel Embiid who is like in his prime right now. Yeah. And also like every season is a little bit of a risk with Embiid in the first place. But, you know, I think if you're getting enough picks back and all this other stuff alongside with Jeremy Grant, at least, uh, at least I think he's a fair addition to the list. Next, from the Atlanta Hawks, John Collins. Hmm. John Collins for Ben Simmons. Who says no? Sixers. Oh, I think the Atlanta say, say no as well. Uh, 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 oh, oh, sounds oh, like he's okay. staying on the list. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Go ahead then, Lee. I mean. Well, I, I, why, why would the Hawks do that right now? I mean, John Collins and Trey, they just signed him up, by the way, John Collins. He's having a really good season. He is one of those guys whose stats don't tell the full story. He's a great piece next to Trey. They're growing together. Maybe they had a little bit of uh, tension in the past, but when they're playing well, I think John Collins is a perfect complementary piece to Trey Young and and vice versa. I I don't think Simmons comes in and improves them because of what he offers 
and takes away from... John Collins can hit the three. John Collins attacks a rim. He's got a beautiful little mid-range shot. And John Collins plays defense. And he's Do you got think a great John t- Collins is better than Ben Simmons, though, in this league? It, it's, I mean, better... better. It's, hard, it's hard to sort of... Yeah. like. I don't think he is. So. No, I, and I well, like John the, Collins, but... Yeah, but it, it's all about as well. It's not just about like who's the better individual player. I mean, there's more to it than no, that I when you're it. talking about Simmons. And, and again, it's, it's about fit. It's about chemistry and whether or not... Like, I see great chemistry between Trey Young and John Collins that I don't think they mess with right now for a, a guy who, who comes with enormous baggage at the moment. Yeah, and then you bring up fit. Like, we're, took, we're looking at like a Tobias Harris, John Collins, Joel Embiid, Sixers front court. Uh, it's, it's a little weird. It's a little weird. Collins uh, can shoot the ball. He's stretching yeah, it out a yeah. little bit there. Uh, I would imagine that the Sixers would want to get a guard back as well if they were going for Collins. Yeah, you know, I, maybe that's get the other a, thing. a Cooper or something. I don't know if that's enough. but With Simmons, he needs the ball, and Trey's not going to mm. give the ball up. Mm. Good point. But having a defender beside Trey Young is very nice. Though they think Helpful. they have that in Hunter. So who knows? Okay. Yeah. Let's, we got to keep moving here. Yeah, I think, yeah. Keep on the list, though. All right. Uh, from the Boston Celtics, they have two names on this one. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. The question I have for y'all, who's more untradeable for the Boston Celtics? Tatum. Tatum. Great. It's great Tatum. Question. Yeah. Yeah. You don't think so, Trey? I think I think it is Tatum. I would take Brown in a second over Jason Tatum personally. Uh, but I do think that Tatum is more locked in as a Celtic there. Obviously, the Sixers would do this for either of these guys, Tatum or yes. Brown. Yeah. And I would say it's at least possible that one of the two of them yeah. could be in the mix between this season or next season. Yeah. Tass, you, you agree with that? You could, you could squint and possibly see this happening, that the Celtics would move one of those guys, let's say it's Brown, for like a, in a Simmons deal. Yeah, if this, if this keeps up, I'm sure they would be reluctant to trade Jalen Brown or 12-time Tatum. That's, uh, that's Jason Tatum. That's Jalen Brown. They, I think they would do everything around them. I think Brad Stevens would try and tinker around them before even contemplating it. So I would th- I think they would be pretty low on this list. I, I don't see it happening myself. But for the Sixers side, hells yeah, for sure. They would want that to happen. Yeah, that's true. That's the important part of this. We really are looking at this from Maury and Philly's side. Like yeah. they, they have this list of these guys, uh, whether or not the other team wants to do it. They don't really care, I guess. <laughs> but I guess they need it to be somewhat realistic. Got to be a little bit realistic, but WDDI, that's the key here. Would yeah. Daryl do it? This one is a risky one from the Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving for Ben Simmons. Remember, that was pitched in the preseason. Mm, yeah. Hey, let's just swap these problems here. No big deal. Say the Sixers flame out this year. Say the Nets flame out this year. Is this a trade that could happen? Wow. Yeah, this is, this is interesting because this would sort of be a repeat of what Daryl Morey did in Houston when he traded Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook. Chris Paul, it, it seems odd to call him a problem, but he wasn't working with James Harden, so they traded him for Russell Westbrook. Uh, so, you know, one problem for another in a way. Has Daryl Morey learned from that? Because he also gave up a billion picks. He's regretted that deal. He's said that, uh, you know, he got... He got swiped on that deal. It's it's different, um, but I I think he's learned. I say nay. Uh, mm. I know I know. It's no, Daryl do it. But I, no, I don't think Daryl would do it. Okay. All right, moving on from the Chicago Bulls. I hate to say it, Zach Levine. Well, you, you touch on this one then. Why? 
The only reason it's realistic is if the Bulls completely fall off. They looked terrible last night against the Pacers. Like I said, I think that's basically a schedule loss. They've had two duds this year, but Levine would be an incredible fit right next to uh, to Joel Embiid, a guy yeah. that can handle the ball, can shoot from the outside, and he's really taken a, a leap to being one of the best scorers in the league. I don't think the Bulls do it. I think Zach's going to be getting that big deal come the offseason, but got to keep him on the list because no doubt mm. Daryl would do this one. Daryl Daryl would do it. The Six, Sixers would do that. In a yeah. second. Yeah. All right. This one I think you're going to say probably a lesser player than Ben Simmons from the Charlotte Hornets, Miles Bridges. Mm. I don't think LaMelo is a realistic trade target from the Hornets, no. but no. Miles Bridges? Is it an upgrade to get Ben Simmons? Wow. Would you, okay, would you rather... If you're Maury Lee, would you rather Miles Bridges on your team or Jeremy Grant? Oh, Bridges. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I think there's something. I think that could I agree. be a sort of deal. I, I think if <laughs> I don't think the Hornets would do it myself, but uh, I think the Sixers would be. You would get that phone call from Daryl Maury uh, saying, "Hey, if Bridges is available and you want Ben Boy, let's talk, my man. Let ben us do it." <laughs> Ben Boy. If you want Ben Boy, let us do it. Uh, okay, Miles Bridges, probably not likely, but I probably. mean, uh, Daryl would do it, I think. Miles Bridges? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, sure, yes. sure, sure, sure. A big enough di- difference maker. How about from the Cleveland Cavaliers, Darius Garland? I think he does it. Daryl does it. Daryl does Darryl it, but the Cavs, it. I don't. Cavs, no. Ooh, you don't, I don't like think the idea so. they love Simmons Garland. and Mobley. Uh... <laughs> no, and no. you you Simley. hear like you hear some NBA guys talking about Garland too. They they see it, they get it. They're like, this kid is sort of special offensively. So, I, I mean, Simmons is a, I guess it for that team a difference maker. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, but I think they're very high on Garland. So I think they, they say no, be. but I think Maury would probably uh, explore that one. Yeah. Yeah. Maury would jump at that. But, you know, look, Tyrese Maxey is playing really, really well for the Sixers. Like, he looks like a legit starting point guard. Yeah, Yeah. it is. I agree with that. So. Okay. Uh Uh-oh. Here we go. From the... Oh, no. He's got a deal. He's got a deal. Maybe he's working on it. He's back, baby. He's He's back. back. Uh, back. From the Indiana Pacers, talked about this one a lot. Can't happen this year. Could happen next year. Malcolm Brogdon. Is that enough to get back for Ben Simmons? Yeah? No? Tass loves it. Yeah, I think it works in theory on the floor. I think they would be really, really good uh, with the with the Sixers. I, I, I think uh, Malcolm Brogdon is kind of underrated in how many – how he takes to pressure. He will shoot, and I think, uh, I think Joel Embiid would really like playing with that in the fourth quarter. I think he misses Jimmy Butler for that reason in Philadelphia. I think Malcolm Brogdon's got a little a little Jimmy in him if he's healthy. Now, obviously, you know, all these names, it's a, it's a tier down, but um, I, th- I think he's a win-now kind of player. So I think, yeah, I think I th- it would be a good move, even though he can't. Yeah, Brogdon would be really good. I think that has to be, like, Brogdon and another Indiana Pacer, you know what I mean, of sure. note. It has to be, like, a two-for-one there to entice Maury enough, in my opinion. Who's the second guy you would want? Would you be more interested in a Levert or one of their big guys, be yeah. it Sabonis or Turner? Probably Levert, oh. I imagine. Well, if you could get Turner and Brogdon for Simmons, I think you'd do that. <laughs> yeah, this, is, this is getting crazy, yeah. man. All right, all right. Keep the list rolling from the Miami Heat. Yeah, give him the whole roster. <laughs> from the Miami Heat. Wouldn't happen this year. Probably unlikely from the Heat's perspective. Bam Adebayo. 
for Ben oh. Simmons. Nah. He no wouldn't way. even he wouldn't even call him back. Let's say sorry, Dags. Hard to imagine Ben Simmons as a Miami Heat, I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. It could be one of those things that could be the perfect situation for him because they, you know, say, all right, well, they straighten him out a bit, but uh, there's no way they give up Bam. Uh, yeah, I, I do agree is, with you. Isn't that where Ben trains in the offseason? Doesn't he train in Miami? I ben thought ben he was a L- L.A. guy. <laughs> oh, is it in L.A.? Well, I don't know. It's oh, I, where did you call uh, Daryl Morey Dags? Dags, yeah. Is that, a, is that an Australian term for a guy named Daryl? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, we used to play cricket I, I'm with a guy called. I don't, I don't, yeah, okay. we used to play cricket with a guy called Dags. That doesn't mean Dags. everybody named Daryl's called Dags, though. Everyone I know is called Daryl is called. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sure. All right, this is a two for one. Then tell me who Dags would be more interested in from the New York Knicks: Julius Randle or R.J. Barrett? Hmm. Hmm. Randall and oh Simmons, not dissimilar kind of players. Like, you know, yeah. strong guys who use their physicality and their ball handling to kind of get things done offensively. Obviously, Randall has figured out how to hit incredible fadeaways. RJ yeah. Barrett, a younger player, definitely more of a role type guy, would help with the three point shooting, plays a little defense out there. What about quickly and Barrett? What about him? Oh what about him? Uh, <laughs> man, I'm, I'm trying to just like put myself in the uh, shoes of Knicks fans if they traded one of those guys for Ben yeah. Simmons. They I don't think it happy. would go over well. No, no, there would be some. Uh, I be think some Randall and Embiid could work though. I, I think that could work because Randall can hit the three. He can spread it out a bit. They wouldn't. They wouldn't play on top of each other too much. So, I think. I think yeah, that could work. I just don't see the Knicks giving up Randall. I don't love it, but I also can't. I can't decide if Maury would be more into like where Randall is in his career right now, probably at the peak of his powers. Let's say you know, sort of an All NBA guy like forward and All Star, or the potential of an RJ Barrett who shows you flashes of a future, you know, five to ten time All Star, but also you like have these games where you're like, ugh, mm. where, where is he? He goes missing sometimes. So I, I don't know which one Maury would. Uh, prefer i'm guessing i'm guessing randall but I, i'm not really that convinced i don't think uh Embiid and him work all that well together so i'll i'll say no on that one if i'm if i'm dags <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I say he would pull it for randall got it randall's just too talented i think he okay yeah i'm with you with uh yeah future versus present i'm present i think he sees that talent that would be to me one of the best players he could get I would, it would be fascinating to see Ben Simmons in New York, whoever he was traded for. That's just a fascinating <laughs> experiment. What would Ben play oh like my in New God. York? The crowd would be like G- pleading for him to shoot it every time. Like he had any space, right? <laughs> oh, man. I mean, you thought it would bad in Philly. It would be crazy, I think, in New York. So uh, I think he would... I don't think it would be good for his mental health. Let's put it that way. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. Probably not. Uh, This one is a a strange one from the Orlando Magic. If this guy is the centerpiece of a deal, maybe you're getting picks as well. Franz Wagner? Franz Wagner? Would Daryl do it? No. No. All right. Sorry, Franz. We love Franz. No. But mm -mm. Orange Julius is far greater than Franz. Uh, I thought I thought I'd have a dessert with Franz, but nope. I can't make Franz into a dessert. Doesn't it sound like there's a potential for a dessert there? Franz and cream or something like that? Yeah, uh, nice. Franz. Yeah, maybe, maybe I'm thinking pralines. What the hell are you guys talking about? 
<laughs> great stuff. Franz and Cream. <laughs> That's his nickname now for sure. Franz and Cream <laughs> All right, this one's for the Raptor fans out there. I'm Daryl Morey, and I'm calling the Toronto Raptors. I'm calling uh, Masai Ujiri. I say, hey, here's who I want you to trade me. Am I asking for Fred Van Vliet, Pascal Siakam, or OG Ananobi? The num like yeah. the centerpiece. Who is the number yeah. one target for Daryl? That Maury that there? that Maury is uh, asking Masai Ujiri for. Yep. Oh gee, I think. Really? Wow. What about? Come on, the the, the powers of Cameroon, baby. I, like uh, I, I get it. I I, I just. I don't know. I'm just not sure with Pascal yet, but OG has, seems to be on the way up even more every every season. I think OG's the one. I think Pascal's more gettable in that sense. I'm Daryl Morey, and I'm here to say I won't just give Ben Simmons away. <laughs> Thanks, Daryl. That made me giggle. All right. So I, I, I think Siakam My name's OG Tash, and... So you go in Van Vliet, uh, or you go in... Uh, Someone else. <laughs> you want to finish finish that um, round first? Please. My name's Masai, and if you think I'm giving you OG, then you're too high. Or goodbye. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. <laughs> Either way, <laughs> you're too high. Bars. <laughs> Simply oh, bars. Man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's a tough trio. It's great. You could pick. I, I know Fred is more of a fit for kind of what they want. I know Tyrese Maxey has been playing really well, but Fred would be phenomenal. On there, I, I think. I mean, I'm, Fred would want to take those shots in big clutch situations. I, I think, I don't know. That's a tough one. That's a very tough one for Masai. I think Masai probably says, ugh. What is, who does Masai say yes to? Uh, I don't know. That one's tough. I don't know. I, I, it feels oddly realistic that there could be a rap sixers trade i mean there's just there's like, something y'all have a good case for any of them like I, yeah. I, that's the tough thing to me i was like that's how you get 39 names on this it's like there are three legitimate raptors candidates right and uh, i don't know for me i think it would probably be van vliet since we've seen him play alongside point guards for his entire career yeah. hit big shots play defense but yeah it's a tough call uh next one from the washington wizard today bradley beal would daryl do it for spencer dinwiddie Mm. That's that's the level of player yeah. I think that that we're gonna find a Daryl's got to do it for. You think so? So so that's I mean to me he's like maybe I mean he's close to like the Grant level, Jeremy Grant level. I like yeah I like Dinwiddie when he's healthy. He's actually a really hell of a good player and he's not afraid of the moment and stuff like that. He's having a good year. Yeah, bounce back from the injury, feeling good, prime of his career. I, I just think like pull the trigger, Daryl. These I feel like these trades would have been made already sure. if this is the level we're talking about. I do. Yeah. Because like it, at this point. I mean I know Ben Simmons has his warts and his problems and all that, but like a lot of these guys that we are like beat a Grant or something like, like you're like yeah we can still get Ben Simmons under contract for years and as I said build his trade value up and you can trade him and then get more assets like you can take the long view here but um I you know it's pretty obvious Daryl. Wants that level above these guys, in my opinion. I like this from Ziggy. Din, would he do it? <laughs> nicely punned. <laughs> nice. uh, Chris Porzingis. Would Daryl do it? Give me a simple yes or no here. 
No. 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 Good. We're trimming names no. off. See ya, buddy. Michael Porter Jr. Would Daryl do it? No. No. I don't think you can. Not with Not this right, back. No. Too risky. This yeah. is too risky. You, yeah. You got. You already have Embiid that you're like fingers crossed all the time that he's going to stay healthy and play. You can't do that again. No. Would Daryl do it? Potential first-time All-Star, Andrew Wiggins of the Golden State Warriors. This is one you see batted around quite a bit. Wiggins for Simmons. Would Daryl do it? No. Just because their names rhyme, I don't think Daryl does it. (laughs) Uh, Depends if he can also pick up, uh, what, Aaron Wiggins from the Thunder? Some sort of (laughs) three-way. He's a throwing. He's a throwing. You just get it. I say no to that from Daryl's side of things. A no on Wiggins. All right. Yeah. Uh, how about this one? From the Houston Rockets, John Wall? Wall for Simmons? He ain't playing. Yeah. He's got he the ain't same playing for he ain't playing. <laughs> yeah, what do you exactly. think? He's stuck. Yeah. He's stuck with that contract if he if he gets it the next $47 million next year. Don't think Dagsy wants that uh, that dead weight on the, on the books there. So, no. No from Dags on that one. These are the yeah. heavy hitters right here. We're yeah. in the LA teams. Russell Westbrook for Ben <laughs> I'd Simmons. I'd love Westbrook and MB to be on the same team. But, uh, <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, that's going to be well, a no from me, Dags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too old. Yeah. Yeah, too too long in the tooth, I think. That tooth is. If people still say that, (laughs) that saying is long in the tooth as well. I think the I think the Lakers, they would do that. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, probably. They gotta get younger. To think about it. Yeah. Okay. All right. From the Memphis Grizzlies, had a great game last night. Jaron Jackson Jr. Would Daryl do it for Jaron Jackson Jr. Another big guy, but obviously Embiid's more of a power player. Uh, uh, it's a weird fit that's a weird one yeah it's tough to think of the sixers with another big guy going out there right that's a Mm. that's that's the the, thing yeah which is why my guess is you'll probably say no to this one as well from the sixers uh for the minnesota timberwolves carl anthony towns towns and Embiid together you know what i think if you were daryl and like that was an actual offer i think you have to take that yeah I think you do it. I mean, it's almost like Cousins Anthony Davis back in, uh, you know, the Pelicans True. days, which actually had some success until injuries sort of, uh, you know, bit them in the ass. I think he's just too talented to, you, you just do it and you f- you figure out whether it work. And then if, if it doesn't, then of course you could look to move him again. So yeah. I actually would say, yeah, just because of the level of player he is. Yeah, now, I agree. I think, yeah, I, think, I, don't if think you... I don't think the Wolves are doing it really. But, yeah. yeah. No, I think if you can get Carl Anthony down, do you think he can be that player we all thought he might have been four or five years ago. Uh, he can shoot the three. He can spread it out a bit. That's what I think is important here. And again, again, the, the, the way that Maxi's been playing, I think you can sort of maybe talk yourself into saying, this could be Maxi's position that he's able to fill yeah. because all he has to do is feed these other guys. So I think if that's on the table, the Sixers do it. Yeah, people are pointing out, though, Cat and Embiid got some beef. That's mm. uh, good. It's like Drummond you and like Embiid had some beef. Yeah, yeah okay. you know, two big men on the same side. I think they'd be uh, buds, yeah. beef buds. Yeah. I, I I don't think it's going to be Towns, but I still think there is a Minnesota Timberwolves trade for Ben Simmons that is, uh, you know, in play. Let's let's call it that. All right. How about the New Orleans Pelicans struggling to start the year? Haven't seen Zion Williamson. I don't think that the Pels are going to trade Zion. But how <laughs> no. about Brandon Ingram? Would Daryl do it for Brandon? I think so. I think mm-hmm. so too. Yeah, it could be an okay yeah. fit, actually. Yeah, 
I I could I could see that working. There's a boost of score in there. I mean, you're you're going from one extreme to the other with <laughs> totally, Ben Simmons yeah, totally. to Ingram. I mean, but yeah, I could see it. Yeah, I don't mind that one. He's, he's gonna fire away. They'd like that. The Thunder SGA seems unlikely. How about? Would Daryl do it for Lou Dort as the centerpiece? <laughs> uh, it's going to be tough to make the contracts work yeah. on that one. Uh, <laughs> true, true, but, true. Uh, so, no. no not well, they might Dort. get Derek Favors as well, oh, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was the final note I meant to bring Double up. Double Dort. Man, it's crazy to see Derek Favors beside Lou Dort, Lee. I don't know if you've seen it recently. He looks like a giant Dort. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, they got, got, like, the similar look. Yeah. Their hair. They got the yeah. headband. He's... Derek Favors got bigger than I remember. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's that orange is not complimentary either. But, yeah, he's just a giant dort we were calling him last night. Uh, no, no to Lou, though. No. Dort and Derek. Daryl says no. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Uh, okay, Phoenix Suns, they've been great to start the year. 13 straight wins. But what if they yeah. fall off or what if they come up short in the playoffs this year? How about Mikhail Bridges for Ben Simmons? Oh, didn't couldn't the didn't the Sixers have him? Yeah, they did. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. All right, because his mom like works in the front office or something. Yeah, I think Daryl's intrigued by this, but maybe he wants a little Maury. I'm not sure. I think I think he could get a a little Maury. Yeah, I think you've got a bite though. I think you've got a bite. Just, Ooh, I don't think he crosses that bridges. I don't think he does it. Do you think there's too much campaign involved if he uh, only does it for bridges? <laughs> uh, oh, boy. Um, I'm eating these puns. Oh. Yeah, there it was. Eating for one. All right, uh, back to the blazes. CJ McCollum for Ben Simmons. Do it already. Obviously, yeah. <laughs> the answer is no, because if the answer was yes, it would be done. Yeah. Moving yeah, on. Yeah. Good call. Sacramento Kings, they've got a million trade candidates as well. Number one, De'Aaron Fox. Would Daryl do it? Yes. Yeah. What do you think, Skeets? You're a big yeah. Fox guy? Yeah, I am. I mean, the the, the maxi part of it all is where I get hung up too now, Lee. I'm with it's you. Okay I have yeah. two good guards? Yeah, you can. You can. I think he would. He would do that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, I, I think the, I don't know if the Kings will explore that. Who knows with the Kings? How about from the other Kings, Buddy Heald or Harrison Barnes? Who is more preferable for the Sixers? Who would they more want to have? Heald, he's chucking. <laughs> yeah. Harrison I mean, Barnes, he's Tobias Harris. I was going to yeah. say, they, <laughs> Tobias yeah. Harrison Barnes. It almost has to be Buddy, I think, if they had yeah. to pick between the two. Yeah. I think Buddy's more the, the specialist that Daryl Morey likes, where it's, you know, he's going to have the 0 for 9, but he could also have the 8 for 11 a couple of times. So, and, and Harrison Barnes, I mean, as a loyal, you know, honest, great guy to have in your locker room for sure. But can he, can so he sort honest. of, God, well, he so just seems like that, like a great honest. guy. Guys. I just, I just feel, you know, the ceiling of Harrison Barnes. Great, reliable, consistent, you know, but Buddy, I think is just a little bit more erratic, but that could work in your favor uh, at the right times. I think probably Buddy. Okay, a lot of people think the Kings have the pieces to do a deal, though. You, you know, you get a couple players in there. Hey, you throw a bags in there for Dags, and everybody. <laughs> bags for Dags. All right, two more teams, two players coming from the San Antonio Spurs: Derek White or Dejounte Murray. Would Daryl do it for either of those guys? Murray's having a good year. We've seen some mm. nice Murray, moments maybe. from Derek White in the playoffs. Seems to have taken a back seat there, though. Murray, put, I think, put, is possible. Put me down for he does it for Murray, doesn't do it for White. That would be my stance on that one. 
And I, and I don't think the Spurs would do Murray for Simmons, but I think they would do White. So there you go. Ooh. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. Daryl pulls it. Yeah, for DeJounte, that's nice. You that's imagine? a nice fit with who they have, Maxi and Seth Curry, to fit in a, a DeJounte would be really nice to have a defensive guard. Yeah. The Spurs wouldn't do it, huh? I guess not. I guess for not. You're DeJounte, right. You're right. I mean, man, I'd solid. love to see uh, Simmons with Popovich. That would be uh, fascinating. <laughs> if you can't shoot after playing with the Spurs, buddy, you can't shoot. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true. See if they can fix it. All right, last name, one of my favorite trades, one of the most unrealistic. This one would have to be after the Utah Jazz flame out in the playoffs this year. Maybe if they struggle to start next season. Donovan Mitchell for Ben Simmons? I can't like, imagine the Utah Jazz doing it right no, now, can you? No, 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 not now. A sure. lot of bad stuff would have to happen, but I think that's an easy yes for Daryl. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because that, to me, it's that's like Tatum-like, right? You know, that's the sort of the level of the player we're talking about here and still being fairly young. And Yeah, Sixers do it. No way Jazz are doing it. it thing, things would have to go so poorly for them to uh, to explore that. There it is. That's, That's a it. Lot of names. 39 wow. names. How many did we get rid of? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. So we're down to 22 names. I need eight more for next week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let us know in the stream, too. I, was, I like that. Uh, good stuff there, TK. It's tough. I mean, you throw it out there, and you got like, you're trying to put yourself in the in the Sixers shoes, the other team's shoes, the fit, like you said, Lee. You know, you, you have a big and Embiid who's an All NBA player. Do you believe in Maxi? You got Tobias Harris. Half these guys you mentioned just feel like Tobias Harris. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, it's a difficult man trading in the NBA. It's not it's as easy tough. as they uh, as they maybe say it is. Okay, we got to take one more break. When we come back, an excellent tweet of the night from our man Lily, so don't go anywhere. I gotta get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute, but man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back, ouch. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of NoDunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
Hey, those were two great ad reads. Thanks, man. You're welcome. From a punk and a poet that you know it. Yeah, those were Ugh. good. You brought yeah. it. Um, uh, JD, before we get to Tweet of the Night, I, I saw um, a comment here in the, in the stream team from Ibrahim. He asks, Lee Ellis for Ben Simmons. Would JD do it? Mm. <laughs> in a heartbeat. In a <laughs> no. It's perfect. It's perfect. Then I get to play in the NBA. So great. <laughs> Lee would do it. I'm uh, kidding, Lee. I would never give you up. Uh, never. I'm never going to give you I'm Rick Astley over here. Mm. <laughs> uh, I didn't think so. No way. We'll be together forever. Is that what you're saying, JD? Uh, that's exactly right. <laughs> okay, let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm. Tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Lily, sometimes the NBA just just hands you a tweet of the night on a silver platter. Am I am I right? Absolutely, you are, Skeety. Of course, we have to talk about Kyle Kuzma and the whatever the hell this was he wore last night. <laughs> this uh, the tweet officially comes in here from uh, Molly Morrison because here's Kuz posting this whatever this was. I thought it was a Photoshop at first when I first saw it. I was like, this can't be real. I thought it was one of those, you know get 25 likes and this will just get bigger and bigger but this is actually what Kuz wore yes for those got- listening it's a giant ass pink sweater like yeah huge. there it is yeah. just uh, <laughs> just ridiculous anyway he that's you don't wear something sweater. like that and not expect to get uh, lit up by uh, your colleagues and friends and that's exactly what happened on instagram and uh, as molly said Kyle was fighting for his life, uh, <laughs> getting getting comments from everybody. Uh, what have we got? The first one here from King James. Ain't no fucking way you wore that. I'm not pressing the like <laughs> button because this is outrageous, Coos. Coos shots back, LMAO. That shit fire. Okay. <laughs> J.R. Smith. Man, hell no. <laughs> Coos writes back cold out <laughs> you can sort of feel already that Coos is like oh I am under the pump here I'm really not sure uh, what I'm going to do here and then the last one came in from Isaiah Thomas come on killer lol that one ain't it ha ha Coos by this point I think is just tired of responding and coming up with new stuff and just said, it's cold out lol so <laughs> really good job there from everyone last night Coos look he knew he was going to bring some attention to himself last night. Tried to defend it. I think he realized this is probably not a fit we're going to see from him again. But uh, listen, sometimes you just never know. Maybe people he thought were going to be like, yeah, I I could like a twi- I could like a uh, sweater like that, but don't think so. I mean, it's a nice color on him. Uh, it's just comically it's like a giant check that yeah. ryan sets got for winning yeah. a bowling tournament it's just uh, it's just too damn big i did see i thought you were gonna go with uh sean Yu. i know one of your favorite uh, yes. uh twitter personalities out there lee yes. he said he wants to see somebody pull off that sweater that kuzma had the scarf that serge Ibaka wore one time which yeah, was like the, oh, if you yeah, remember yeah, yeah. just gigantic down to the floor yeah. and Tracy McGrady's giant pants that he wore on NBA TV. Uh, Pure comfort. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll see if anybody can pull off all three. What do you think of the sweater there, Tass? The giant sweater on Coos. Um, I think he put it on yep. as soon as he got out of the car and then took it off as soon as he got in the locker room. He wore it for like 13 <laughs> seconds, right, I think. Right, just the walkway here. 
the walkway, the walkway. which isn't, isn't much of a walkway. It's like a dimly lit <laughs> uh, hallway. Yeah. Um, yeah. So did he wear it? No. IMO. He didn't wear it. He didn't, he didn't really oh, wear it. Oh, you don't think it counts as wearing wear it. it if you wear it from the car to the locker room. <laughs> he, he freaking, the door closed. The door, uh, the locker room door closed and he ripped that thing off. I don't, I, it doesn't, doesn't feel authentic. If, if, you, if, if I'm his teammate and he walks into the locker room wearing that, somebody or at least a couple of us we have to wrap them up, right? Into like a straight jacket. Like you got to, yeah, you got to take the sleeves, wrap them around his chest and then tie it in the back. So he's stuck. I mean, you have to have, I hope that at least happened in the wizard's locker room, but uh, TK <laughs> man, you get off the fire fits on our show. What, it, would you wear this? You like it? Thumbs up, thumbs down. I like it. I don't know why. Once I saw the <laughs> video of ben, or ben Simmons, I got Simmons on the mind right now. Kyle Kuzma saw him walking. Unbelievable. It looked like he was floating. This thing was so long. Then once he gets to the locker room, he had to roll up his sleeves for like 30 seconds to be able to get to his hands to open the door. Uh, but I don't know. He's right. It's getting cold out. And this thing looks incredibly cozy. I don't know. Did, uh, are, is there video of him wearing it like post game? You would imagine that after the game, he's all sweaty. He's got to put on this giant sweater. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh, anyway, what a look. What a look. JD, any any final thoughts on Kyle Kuzma's giant pink sweater? I mean, not really. It's, no. uh, <laughs> you know, Serge Ibaka had the scarf, and uh, I thought that actually worked. This does not work for me. I mean... No, he looks like a toddler wearing his dad or mom's sweater, like yeah. around. It's looks yeah. like it when any of us would try on a, one of Shaq's <laughs> articles of clothing yeah. around the yeah. old office. Yeah, totally. That's uh, that's ex- exactly what Nora said, Trey. I, I reject the notion that it's cold. Like his, <laughs> like he should have just said, "It's fashion, man. It's just fashion, but not yeah. cold." Like, like look at his cold. shoulders are totally exposed. I mean. <laughs> He needs a Serge Ibaka scarf to go along with this. Oh, thing. wow. Is he scumbag Steven it up underneath that sweater? I think so. Wow. wow. Interesting. Oh, you know, there's no undershirt? Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Okay. okay. There you go. Let's hear from everybody in the stream team. Thumbs up or thumbs down. Let us know in the YouTube comments below as well. Great tweet of the night there, Lily. And I, I think you were uh, you, you brought up whether or not you thought that was like one of those fake things, Lee, where like they make it bigger and bigger and bigger. People did do that as well. That was yeah. uh, going around. Every twenty-five likes, the sweater got twenty-five percent uh, bigger. It got got gigantic in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Pick'em results. So brought to you by Bet MGM from last night. Thunder Hawks game. Hawks were favored by ten and a half. I was the only one to take OKC. Hawks pulled away in the third quarter, like we said. I turned to my man Trey. I said. Sort of like my chances of a backdoor cover on this one, you know? Hawks starters are going to get out of there. Yeah, Thunder got a lot of these guys sort of fighting for a position in this league. Maybe they keep it close and somehow cover. They almost did. In fact, it was the worst way to lose because the Thunder hit a three. They cut it to 11. And there's like, what was there, like 30 seconds left in the game and the Hawks did the thing like, well, we've won the game, so we will just... Stand here with the ball, run the shot clock down, and then there'll be four seconds left. And I'm going, oh, will somebody on the Thunder get that ball and just chuck up a shot? You know, it's an unwritten rule. 
to not do that, but you see it sometimes. Yeah, sometimes I'm like, who cares? I'm getting my three points or I'm getting a shot up. Who cares? I want to get in the box score. But they didn't. The Thunder got a chance, four seconds on the sidelines, and they threw it in, and nope. So I lost. A lot of Tough respect one. out there, taking those was, shot clock violations. I was in. screaming <laughs> for them to shoot it, uh, but they did not. So that's a loss for me. I'm seven and nine. Trey improves to eight and eight. Wins for everybody else. Task thirteen and three, and Lee ten and six. So it's really getting down to me and TK here. Only four games on tonight. Task. Where are we going? Let's get to 500, everybody. Let's do this thing. I, I stayed away from Dallas Clippers because Luka's status uncertain. Stayed away from uh, the Denver Nuggets game for the same reason with Nikola Jokic. I, I was trying to get away from this East Coast bias, the Knicks, 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 Knicks. They're playing the Lakers, 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 but I couldn't. I couldn't get away from All right. it. Uh, so we're going Knicks at home, three and a half point favorites against the Los Angeles Lakers. No LeBron suspended rose is questionable uh so that gave us um, you know varying opinions here splitsville for us <laughs> two on the lakers one on the knicks and one on the statue of liberty as leaton <laughs> tweets nice. the emoji or sent in the emoji of the statue yeah. of liberty i actually uh, that's a good one i actually sent in an apple first i had the apple ready and then i was like uh you know big apple i think that'd be pretty obvious then i remembered statue it's liberty bang in <laughs> Wow, this guy Stat- knows emojis. Statue. And this ain't the Liberty. WNBA. It's not the New York Liberty. It's mm-hmm. the New York Knicks. All right. Against the Lakers. Yeah, that's, that's going to be a tough one. Yep. I'm looking forward to it. Three and a half. So enough. Knicks got to win by four more for TK and Lee to get the victory. I could really use the Lakers uh, giving us a very close game or winning outright in order to tie this up with uh, Trey as we start running out of days in November. All right. Should be a good one. That's the first game on TNT tonight. Uh, and the Nuggets Blazers, I believe, is the... Uh, the second game of that doubleheader. We'll call it there. Long one. Lots of fun. Lots of laughs. Send in your questions, guys. No dunks at theathletic.com. Hit us up on Twitter at No Dunks Inc. Drop a comment below this vid. If you haven't, subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Share the show. Like the vid. And uh, grab yourself an athletic subscription. Hell of a deal. Deal of the year, they're calling it. A dollar a month for 12 months for new subscribers. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks you've got less than a week now to sign up for that so uh don't drag your feet you know don't drag your sweater on the floor like your kyle kuzman there that would have been a mess it's basically like all over the ground almost it's so long imagine cleaning that lee would you drop that off at dry cleaning what do you do take up your entire washing machine yeah that's why i think you have to go to the dry cleaners they've got the big industrial cleaners so yeah yeah (laughs) i think you're right i agree yep okay guys uh clipper bros (laughs) You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And uh, sorry, JD, going to go a little bit longer here. I've got some info from a man, Ryan Seton, the incredible bowler, Ryan Seton, about bowling balls. Okay. I asked him, can you drill holes anywhere on a bowling ball? Can you put your fingers wherever you want? He said, every bowling ball has a core so where you drill the holes basically determines if the ball goes further down the lane before hooking or vice versa. I said, can you put the holes anywhere? <laughs> answer the Just question. Just answer the damn question. He said, you can put them in some places, but not everywhere oh. because you can't touch the core. And then he sent me a photo. Oh. He sent me a photo of a bowling ball with a yellow dot on it. He said that yellow circle is the pin, the top of the core. That's what that <laughs> yellow circle indicates. Okay. That spot says... Uh, tour with the circle thing is the center of gravity of the core. That's where the center of the gravity of the core is. Wow, physics, man. The placement of the holes used this information 
and a few other things to decide the best placement of the holes. So it's about it's physics, man. Wow. Uh, and I said, can you can you get larger hole sizes? He said, yes, yeah. there are standard hole sizes, yeah. but you can get larger. I do because I use grips and a thumb sleeve. I said, are you a professional bowler? He said, fuck no. <laughs> and, and then he said, I bowled for the first time in 20 months last week, right. but he's won tournaments and he's a professional bowler in my heart <laughs> because he's got the maple moxie oh, <laughs> to win bowling tournaments and to tell us about burying strikes. I can't believe that all that info is buried in a two-hour podcast right at the end. <laughs> Ryan Sutton buries strikes. He buries the info for us on bowling balls. Anyways, cool story, bro. Embrace the day, people. <laughs>